Hey, good morning. Hang on. Hey, good morning. It's Rupesh here. This is episode number 16, Hospitality, Hospitality, live with me, Rupesh. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. This episode is brought to you by and sponsored by Travel Media Group. Uh, Travel Media Group helps your hotel improve its reputation online, social media. So if you need help with social media or your reputation, hit up Travel Media and actually go to my link travelmediagroup.com forward slash Rupesh and we'll be able to help you. So thank you so much Travel Media Group and today I am super duper 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 excited to have on Chip Rogers. He has been amazing in, in, in the hospitality space. If you don't know him, you better get to know him because uh, he's all over the place and his new role, it's been about a year now I think, and his new role is leading a lot of hotels and, and really supporting us the hotelier uh, running and operating our hotels, ownership, everybody. He's here to support us. So I'm super excited about that. Guys, it's only a couple more weeks till the holidays, Christmas, New Year's. I know you're busy. The hotels are slammed, right? A lot of stuff's going on in your hotel within just holiday parties and all the stuff that happens during this time. You feel like you don't have enough time really to catch up with everything because you're kind of stressed out over, you know, buying presents for your family and dealing with travel if you're going somewhere, dealing with, you know, all the stuff that happens during the holidays. But, you know, this is a great time to kind of reflect where you've been this year and where you're going for the future, which is 2020. I can't believe we're saying 2020 right now. Um, comment, let us know. Hey, comment below where you're watching this LinkedIn Live from because, you know, I announced yesterday officially that we are doing this every Wednesday now. So Hospitality Live with me, Rupesh, is gonna be done every Wednesday right here on LinkedIn. And guys, thank you so much. There's a bunch of people on. Thank you for joining us. And let's get this started because I am super excited to bring on William Chip Rogers. And, and, and let's just bring him on real quick. Hey, Chip. Welcome Glad to be with you. To the show. Uh, yeah, look, I really appreciate it. We've known each other for many years. This is the first time I've got to be on your show, and it's show sixteen. So I'm wondering why it wasn't in the first five or so. But we'll 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 get past that. Listen, um, you're a busy guy, and I and I, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna slow, I'm gonna wait till it slows down a little bit for you, and and it still hasn't, right? You're still traveling. Still traveling. I've been out. This is my first day in the office in a, over a week, uh, and I traveled through the weekend on business. So um, it's been a uh, been a busy time, no question about it. Uh, but a good time, great industry, and uh, as you pointed out a moment ago, we're we're nearing the end of of 2019, and um, you know I love this time of year, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year, and it uh, I know it can get stressful, but it is a great time to travel and see people you haven't seen in a while, catch up with your family, which is critically important because once they're gone, you're going to look back and wish you had spent more time with them at the holidays. Um, but it's interesting you pointed out 2020, and the reason I say that is because you know 10, 15, 20 years ago when people would always say, by 2020, this is going to happen, right? I wish I'd have written all that down to see if any of that stuff actually came true. Yeah, 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 yeah. You had goals. You're like, you know what? In in 15 years, I'm going to do this. Or in 15 years, I'm going to be here. Or I'm going to be living here. And it's we're here now, right? So, um, and, and you know, here's the best thing about life. You We made these goals up five years ago, a year ago, two years ago. Guess what? You still have time, right? Yeah. And, not, and that's what I love about life. Like, you still have time to do what you want to do and there's nothing stopping us. So I love what you're doing. You know, we've been, we've been, like you said, we've been connected for so long and, and 
I actually posted about this, and I think I posted last year when you actually came to our grand opening in Chicopee, Massachusetts at the True. And it was awesome to see you, and we appreciate that. And you've done this for so many other hoteliers in the entire industry. So, Chip, how did you actually get into the hotel business? Why do you pick hotels? <laughs> I think I think hotels picked me. Uh, <laughs> it is interesting. We did, we did meet in Chicopee, and I'll tell you a quick story on that. True had been announced. And when I was uh, CEO at AHOA, one of the members, as you know, in, in Chicopee, was going to be one of the first developers of a, of a true hotel. And he sent me a, a it, in fact, it was a LinkedIn message. It wasn't even an email. It was actually a LinkedIn message. And he was like, hey, um, I, I had been talking about true. And he's like, listen, I'm going to be opening one of these in about a year. Um, would you come to the grand opening? And of course, I'm like, sure, I'll be there. Right. And as you know, it's a long way from Chicopee to where I was at that time, which is Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And it got about a month out and he sends me a LinkedIn message and reminds me, he said, now you told me you would be here. So um, I was there. I loved it. Um, I love that brand. I love that specific hotel. Um, and it's really interesting, uh, particularly in a place like Chicopee around Springfield in that area, what a hotel like that particular true can do in that area, especially when you create it in a way that it is a very localized, it doesn't feel like a cookie cutter. I'm just walking into a brand and I could be anywhere. When you walk in, you know you're in Chicopee, Massachusetts. You know where you are. And I, and I love that feel about that hotel. Yeah, it was great. And, and, and that's my brother-in-law. Herschel actually reached out to you. That's my brother-in-law and I'm partners with him there at, the, at that True. And it was just awesome seeing. So I appreciate that. Now, you were with the Hoer for almost 10 years, 10 years plus? Uh, yeah, on and I started my first few years working with them really as a consultant. Uh, and then after that, I came on to create the government affairs program and the public relations program. And then from there, I took over as president, did that for, for almost five years. Yeah. And, and hold on. Before we continue, I told my kids last night, I said, listen, I'm doing a LinkedIn Live and it's with this awesome guy named Chip Rogers. And they said, is that a, is that a superhero? <laughs> Your name sounds like a superhero. Do you get that often? Uh, no, no. And I certainly don't get it at home. Um, I, uh, I, I do get the Mr. Rogers joke a lot, um, which actually when I was a kid and that show was popular, dating myself now, um, you know, a lot of kids, like I remember in second grade, uh, I was at Due West Elementary School right outside of Marietta, Georgia, if you know where that is. And I would go to school and people would say, is your dad really Mr. Rogers? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I think they were thinking of a different Mr. Rogers. But now he's popular again. So uh, so it's back. Yeah, absolutely. The movie's out. And um, yeah, you know, it's just your name. When, when someone says, oh, we're going to have Chip Rogers on today on the show. And they're like, oh, my God, it's a superstar, or like a superhero coming on. So but you are a superhero. You know, you've done a lot for the industry. You've done you've advocated and supported tons of hotels. And and, and I read some stats on the AHLA website and it said one out of 25 hotels is supported by ho the hotel industry or one out of 25 American jobs is supported by the hotel industry. That's 8.3 million hotel jobs. Is that true? Not only is that true, and that's great information, the interesting thing is we're about 900,000 short. In other words, we have about 900,000 jobs open right now. So you really would be talking about 9.2 million if we were at full employment where we need to be. Um, right. But that interesting, that, that number, it is a, a study we commissioned. It's, it's, that's fresh data. That's not three or four years ago. <clears throat> that's within the last few months. Um, it just shows what is happening in our economy. And it's not just happening here in the U.S. Thankfully, it's happening around the world is that people are exchanging 
the purchasing of goods and items for experiences. And I think the older I get, the more I value that. Um, right. Certainly, I want to have those experiences, those memories that I can make, whether it be with my parents who are thankfully still around, my siblings um, who I don't spend enough time with, and of course, my children. And you start thinking about, you know, the whatever you buy them last Christmas. Think about the items you bought your kids last Christmas. They're probably already gone and, and used and whatever. But the memories you make when you take those trips, whether it be a, a summer vacation during this Christmas holiday season, New Year holiday season, um, those last forever. And so what we're seeing in the economy is that shift from purchasing goods and items to moving towards experiences. I, I think it's a good move. And consequently, more jobs are available in our industry and anything in and around hospitality. But that that one out of 25 is just uh, related to hotels. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge number. And, you know, we all feel it. I mean, comment in the hey, I see cat on there. Hey, Usher, good to see you guys. There's a hey, you got some fans out here, <laughs> Chip. Um, Kaylee, guys, welcome. Now, if you have any questions for Chip, definitely include them in the in the comments here below. And now, Chip. You were raised in Atlanta. I went to high school in Atlanta. Did you know that? I did not know that. I love ATL, but I still have friends there. I have family members there. So I'm there, you know, once or twice a year if I can. And, you know, growing up and being in Hoa and, and connecting with thousands of hoteliers has taught you a bunch of lessons that you currently are bringing to the table at the American Hotel Lodging Association. What are What's like one, two lessons that hoteliers can understand or that you've learned? Well, first of all, the, the pursuit of the American dream is alive and well, which I think sometimes we all get caught up in the negativity of those things that are being around us, those things that are being broadcast on a daily basis. Um, but there are a lot of people, millions of them, who still look to this country as kind of the beacon of hope, as Ronald Reagan used to say, the, the shining city on the hill, um, as a place where it doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter where you start, there literally is no limit to what you can accomplish. And the good thing about that is, our industry is the best case example of that. So not only is America still the place where that dream can happen, but specifically in our industry, if you look at the people that are frankly at the very top of our industry, many of them started at the very bottom. And it wasn't an education-based thing. And I'm certainly a big proponent of education, yeah. uh, but, but it is just that opportunity to work your way to the very top based on just a couple of things, as you know, and so many people in our industry know, if you work hard, if you take advantage of those opportunities that present themselves, and if you have the right attitude, there's nothing you can't do in this particular industry. We have three major CEOs of global hotel chains that either started off washing dishes in a hotel or at the front desk in a hotel, right? Yes. In no other industry do you have that. And, and so our industry still has that. So the opportunity is, is still there um, in this particular industry. And of course, the second thing is, is that hospitality, is a career that is amazing for young people. And that is a message that we're really struggling to get out. People tend to believe that, oh, I don't wanna to go to work in a hotel because that means I'm just gonna clean rooms or I'm just gonna work at the front desk. And, and that doesn't seem appealing to me. And they just don't understand. Number one, first of all, that teaches you a lot of really good life lessons that will help you no matter where you go. But there's so much beyond that. And so if you learn that hospitality at that level and then can, use that to go to the next level in our industry. Um, there's amazing things you can accomplish. And if you decide to leave our industry, um, you're going to be set up because there's no other industry out there that doesn't want people who have a hospitable background. If it, it, I'm not even sure that's accurate, but you know what I'm saying? That if you learn how to be hospitable, 
and you learn our industry, it translates into any other industry. Absolutely. I mean, if you work at, at you're so correct because any industry, if you're working for a small business, a large business, you know what they're looking for? These traits that they're looking for these days is that you care. That's yeah. like number one. If you don't care, you're, they're not going to even interview you, right? So that's like the, like the number one thing and you get that. So, you know, we do quarterly trainings at our hotels and I say, listen, I, I kind of, when I'm there training and helping out with the GM, I say, listen, whatever you learn here, it's a life lesson that you're going to take on for the rest of your life. These aren't things that you're just going to, that we're doing here, but this is ideas and concepts and a mindset that you can take on and move, you know, through your career. And I love that idea. And I love that about hotels because you're right. There's no other industry that is doing what we are doing, making people feel good. It's an experience when you come stay somewhere. Um, and and just everything combined makes you feel good. And I feel like it's always about feeling. And I love that you're saying one of the top CEOs. And I think it's Chris Nassetta. He started washing dishes, right, at CEO, uh, the CEO of Hilton. And, and I love that you can start from the bottom. And if you really work hard, you can get up there, right? Well, not only that, if you for those in the audience that are listening and you say to yourself, look, I have this plan in my life where I want to be the leader of this or the leader of that. Um, it's most interesting when you hear people talk about leadership styles and you, and you see books written on, on great leaders, almost always the one characteristic or trait that you find in every historical leader that made a significant impact or just folks that we consider good leaders today is the servant attitude, right? It's, it's servant leadership. That's what, that's what inspires people. I've always said that you can lead through two ways. You can either lead through fear or you can lead through hope. And if people have hope in you as their leader, it's amazing what they will do to help you realize your collective dream, whatever organization is you're trying to lead. Fear works for a little time, but it doesn't work over, over a long time because people figure out, well, I don't, I don't need to be scared of that person anymore, or they just move on and do something else. But people who have hope and people that are willing to follow a leader who is a servant leader, who knows that that leader is serving their best interest, um, it is amazing what you can accomplish. And, and this industry teaches you that. It teaches you that servant style, the hospitality style where you're serving others, and it translates into anything else that you want to do in life. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. All right, so let's get into this role. You're the president and CEO of the American Hotel and Lodging Associates. What does that mean? What do you do? <laughs> I mean, it's like to work with a lot of great folks like yourself. Um, we get to be the voice, the united voice of the industry, whether it's a hotel brand, a hotel owner, uh, a management company, or anyone who is actively engaged in our industry. We're helping lead that and be their voice. You know, usually it's with lawmakers as it pertains to city and states and counties and, and, and the federal government, but it is also um, being able to, on, on the foundation side of what we do, education, workforce training, college scholarships, being able to build that workforce in and around our industry and create the next generation of workforce as well. So um, we're focused really in those two areas. But if you looked at us in a very general sense, it would be the, the, the voice of our entire industry. Right, right. And how many hotels currently are under the, under, um, the membership of uh, your association? Um, we're at record levels. So we're about 28,000 hotels, um, which is great. And that number is going to jump dramatically in the next year. We'll have some some announcements coming up soon. Um, but but yeah, we um, we're proud to represent the industry. And those hotels are from uh, a mom and pop, uh, very small hotel uh, that might have been around for generations 
to the largest of resorts. In fact, I was at one of those large resorts uh, this week talking to the to the folks there. And it really, it's, it's the entire breadth because we wanna make sure that we're representing every segment of the industry. I think we do a good job doing that. Um, but again, if, if you're the, just getting into the industry and, and you're, this is your first investment into a hotel, we wanna be your voice. Or if you've been here for, for 30 years and, and your main interest are those things that happen on Wall Street and, 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 and financing, we also wanna be your voice and, and everything in between. So the entire industry, you really support every aspect of the industry and when it comes to ownership, it comes to the vendors, it comes to pretty much anything that has to do with hospitality, hotels and hospitality. Is that correct? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Good. All right. So I know there's a bunch of hot topics that are going on right now. I've You see them in the news all the time. You see them within the emails that you guys send out. And, and I love what you guys are doing as far as education. Um, let's talk about some of those. I mean, there's some hot topics like human trafficking, uh, taxes, short-term rentals. Let's pick one and like, let's, let's eat at it. <laughs> well, let's go with the one that I think um, we really need industry unification on. And that is our effort to stop human trafficking. So if you, if you understand the context of the problem, it's global problem. Um, it, it affects 40 million people a year. And the way I like to, to remind people about just how big it is, um, there's about 40 million people live in the state of California. So if you know someone in California, statistically, you would know someone that's been involved in human trafficking somewhere around the globe, because th those are kind of the numbers. And that gives you an idea just how big it is. Um, and sadly, it impacts our industry. Now, it impacts other industries as well. Let's, let's not be uh, stick our head in the sand and say it's only a hotel problem. But we have an opportunity here to lead and solve the problem within our industry. And, and that's what we're doing. So um, we began a few years ago seeing leaders step up. There were leaders in Ahoa, individual hotel owners that were stepping up saying, we got to help stop this. There were brand leaders. Um, I, I would certainly commit Marriott, uh, as I believe they've trained more people than just about anybody else. But a few months ago, we polled all of our brands and said, look, what are you doing? And the good news was every brand is doing something on training their employees to see the signs of human trafficking and what to do with that information. That's the good news. The bad news was it's not being done in, in kind of a uniform way. And so that's where we've stepped in and we created our no room for trafficking campaign. And the goal is very simple. We were talking about goals earlier for a goal for the new year, a goal for the next 10 years. Um, our goal is big, but it's simple. And it is, we want to make sure that every hotel employee in the United States is trained to see the signs of human trafficking and to know what to do with that information. And that's not something we're going to accomplish this year or the next year, because there's always new people coming into the industry. Right. But ultimately what that will mean is if you're involved in human trafficking and you know that every hotel employee is trained, you don't want to go to a hotel. And that's our goal is to keep people away from hotels. If you're involved in trafficking, stop it in the hotel industry. That's what, that's what we aim to do. All right. So we have a bunch of people on and we have a bunch of questions that we'll probably, we'll try to get to and. Um, Chip, all right, so explain human trafficking, because we hear it all the time, like, oh, human trafficking, human trafficking. What is it? That's a really good question, because I think there's some misnomers about exactly what human trafficking is. Some people think that human trafficking is uh, a nine-year-old walking down the street, she gets kidnapped, and then she gets taken into a life of, of child prostitution and things like that. That is part of human trafficking. There's no doubt about it. That happens on a global scale. It happens here in the United States. Um, but it's not just that. In fact, the number one way that human traffickers come in contact with their victims today is through social media. So if your kids are sitting around on social media all day and you don't know what they're doing, they could be coming in contact with people that want to bring them into that lifestyle. So the obvious is prostitution, uh, child prostitution, but there's also labor trafficking. People who have had their documents stolen and controlled by a trafficker who tells them, 
you've got to work. You've got to work in this particular job and I'm not giving your documentation back until you do what I want. And oftentimes that never happens. And of course they have to pay a large percentage of the wages back to them. So you've got labor trafficking, you've got sexual service trafficking, um, it, you've got massage parlors, you've got all these things happening that really encompass the entire world of trafficking. And it doesn't just affect, this is critical, it doesn't affect just poor people, it affects poor people, it affects wealthy people, it affects the middle class. It doesn't affect people of a certain gender, a certain color, a certain nationality, it affects all of us. And that's why it really is a global problem that we can show leadership on here in the United States and in our industry to help stop. So how are you, what are you doing to, to kind of spread the word and what are you doing to help? Is there some program, you were saying you have a program, how do, how do hoteliers join? Well, that's, that's a great point. So we started the No Room for Trafficking campaign, and part of that is awareness. It is awareness and remind people that it is happening. I think, unfortunately, a few years ago in our industry, a lot of people started hearing about it, and they said to themselves, you know, I just don't want to think about that. That's really something I find detestable, and I just want to ignore it. We, we can't ignore it because it's too important. We've got young people's lives who are being destroyed by this. And right. so luckily, the industry has come together and said, we're no longer going to ignore it. We're going to take this head on. So we have training across the board. I mean, good folks like Best, uh, Businesses Ending slack, uh, Slavery and Trafficking, uh, our good friends at ECPAD, at Polaris, they're all offering free trafficking. You can go through our website and find links to free trafficking, you can go through other websites, you can go through the whole website and find links to free trafficking um, training. And so that training is meant to, to make sure it goes to every employee to start off with what you talked about. What are the signs of human trafficking? Okay, if I see those signs, what are my responsibilities? Um, what do I do with the victims? Because oftentimes we see this crime occur and no one takes care of the victims. Um, how do I work with law enforcement on a routine basis to make sure it's not happening on my property? Right. All those tools are out there. All those tools are free. Right. And when we do it united as an industry, we're going to make an enormous impact in stopping this. All right, good. So we have human trafficking. That's a huge thing. We, people can jump on it. And, and I guess we'll share the link at the end. Is that okay? Okay. And all right. So we have human trafficking. Now I've had a bunch of people email me and text me saying, what about taxes? Our property taxes are going up. Um, costs are going up related to that. You know, payroll is going up. Like let's talk about taxes in, in, gen in general for hotels, property taxes. What, what's your organization doing to kind of support and kind of fight off? Cause you know, uh, local municipalities and cities know that hotels are making a ton of money right now, right? So they're like, well, how can we get taxes? How can we get more money out of just this hospitality side? And you hear it in every state. Georgia a few years back said, we're gonna charge a dollar amount on every state, no matter what price it is, right? And we had, I heard so many people that were just being affected by that. How do, what, what can we do with, with that? Well, first of all, let's take a step back because what we're talking about here is public policy that impacts the bottom line. And right. whether it's taxes today, and of course, it's always going to be taxes, uh, they'll outlive us all, or whether it's another type of regulation, whether it's something that's impacting the general economy that's going to be bad for the hotel industry. The moral of the story is you've got to get involved. I mean, that's what we do. We are involved. We are the voice uh, of the industry. We're working with lawmakers everywhere. But there's a limit to how much we can accomplish. We can accomplish a lot, there's no question. But if you're in our business and you're not involved, then I'm gonna be dead honest here, you're part of the problem and help us with the solution. The solution is, I've been telling people, adopt a politician, go out and find your local city councilman, your county commissioner, your state representative, your governor, find somebody you can build a relationship with. Because oftentimes, whether it's property taxes, occupancy taxes, 
or any other type of regulation, extended stay regulations, those type things. Um, the lawmakers are making these rules, these laws, because they don't know how our business works. And the reason they don't know how our business works is because we haven't told them how our business works. So build that relationship with the local lawmaker, be their trusted resource when it comes to the hotel industry. So when a lawmaker comes along and says, you know what, we're just gonna raise the local occupancy tax by an extra 2%, explain to them what that means, how that impacts your business, and how ultimately it's going to hurt the very community that they represent. Property taxes, for example. Um, lawmakers, Property tax is a very a difficult issue to understand. It changes in virtually every jurisdiction, but it's basically at its core, a two-pronged approach. You have the valuation of the property, and then you have the tax rate that is applied to it, right? So if the tax rate goes up, your taxes go up. If the valuation goes up, your taxes go up. And you need to understand that and know how that system works so that you can properly protect yourselves. Um, what lawmakers like to do at the local level, city and county level, is raise your assessment and not raise the tax rate and then go around telling everyone they didn't raise taxes, but your tax bill went up. So no matter what it feels like, you're getting your taxes raised because they are. And so you've got to involve yourself in that system and be willing to go sit down with your local assessor and say, no, this is not what my property should be assessed at. I mean, it's going to take a very individual, individualistic approach on dealing with property taxes, but you've also got to be available to build those relationships so that Lawmakers aren't just always raising those taxes. Right. All right. So if if I live in Orlando, which I do, and and <laughs> I know my city is raising taxes, what do I actually do? So if I'm a hotel manager, if I'm and I'm responsible for the entire financial aspect of my hotel or an owner, and I, and I'm I, I need to start somewhere. What do I do? Who do I contact? Well, the first thing you need to do is go and get involved with your city council because city council is the one who is going to ultimately set your millage rate, um, which is the tax rate. Um, the second thing is, is when, and I'm, no, I'm not familiar with the laws, particularly in the state of Florida, as it comes to assessments and how you can appeal, but I always suggest that people appeal because the general idea of a tax collector is they're going to flood the market with assessments and assessment increases a certain small percentage of people are going to appeal. And for the most part, they'll work with those folks to lower that assessment base. And in some states like my home state where I used to live in Georgia, once you appeal, you get that locked in for a period of years, which is good. So I always tell people either appeal themselves or find a company out there that will appeal on their behalf. In the long run, that'll help you keep your assessments low. And particularly for hotels, because hotels are unique properties. It's not like a residential three bedroom, two bath home in a neighborhood where there's 500 residential three bath bedroom, two bath homes, where almost every uh, 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 um, home in that neighborhood is going to be assessed in and around the same amount. Hotels are very unique. Um, so the hotel in one spot is going to be completely different than the hotel across the street. And that assessment is going to be different. So you've got to stay on top of that appeal. Make sure you know what you're doing, what your story is, but make sure you have that relationship with the local elected officials, in your case, the city of Orlando, so that they're not raising the military. Understand. Okay, so we're going to definitely do that. Now, there are uh, lawyers that you can reach out to that will help you uh, kind of fight your taxes. There are some people that are that specialize in this. So you say re you recommend kind of going that route instead of trying to do it on your own and getting frustrated and then just giving up? <laughs> well, no, I mean, if you know the business and you know how it works, that you can certainly do it on your own. Now, look, some places will base your assessment on the income approach, which I know we're kind of getting in the weeds here. I'm not a big fan of that because the actual property value is what the, the base property is, the structure that is on it. 
Um, but if you know your business and can and can explain why the valuation should be different, then feel free to do it on your own. Um, if you go out and hire one of these folks, generally what they will tell you is that they will defend you. And then whatever savings you get, you have to give a portion to them. So just realize it's going to cost some money. Um, but at the end of, end of the day, they have to save you money to get paid. So either way is, is better than doing nothing. But if you know your your business, your property, sometimes it's better to go alone. Right. You know, there's a there's a hotel that we own that the city always asks or the county always asks for our P&L. Exactly. And do you let's not even get into it. Let's not even well, get into it. Look, it here's what I would say about that. Know the law to know what you're required to give them, to give yeah. to them or not. Um, I, I as you can probably tell, I know a little bit about this subject. Um, I worked on this for many, many years when I was in elected office. And one of the things that we did in the state of Georgia, which I would encourage every state to do, is to give the taxpayer the option whether to use um, what would essentially be the sales volume value. And that is them looking at your P&L saying, oh, you made this much money, so we're going to assess you at this level, or the actual value of the land and the structure that is on that land. Um, right. and, and in Georgia, as the taxpayer, you have the choice. You can either say, value me on the basis of the land and the structure or value me on how much revenue I'm generating. Um, and, and I get to choose that. That is a great system for every other state. I wish they'd all adopt it. Oh, that'd be a great state or a great option for Florida because, you know, you could be you could own a property for 40 years or 50 years. And guess what? The values continue going up, but your revenue is not going up. It's just because everything built around you and maybe you improved it a little bit, but it didn't go up to the value that you think uh, this, you know, that it, that the city says it is or the county says it is. And I like that. Well, you have that option. Yeah. Yeah. It's a much better system, um, but it, it's a terrible tax. I wish we just get rid of it everywhere. But as long as you have to deal with it, just know what the rules are. Right. All right. Good. So let's go on to labor. Now, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Everybody I talked to says we can't find good GMs. We can't find good front desk people, housekeepers. It's just a struggle. And guys, we have a bunch of people listening. If you're, if you have the same issue with labor in your city or your county, please comment yes. Let us know that you also have this issue because I feel like a lot of people don't talk about it. But when I ask that question, they're like, "Yes, we have this issue, and it's hurting us. Like it's going to these this other group that can afford one. It's going to Amazon. It's going to all these people that can pay a little bit more, right? Um, what can you talk about labor? Well, I think two. Twofold problem. Number one, it is a serious problem. There are not enough workers for the industry. There's no question, no question about that. It's not a matter of wages. In fact, if you saw the report that just came out a week ago, wages in the hospitality industry are actually accelerating at a rate higher than wages in general. And by the way, the wages in general are accelerating a rate higher than we've seen in the last 40 years. So the wage rate is going up significantly in all industries, and hospitality is beyond that. And you can't blame workers for chasing wages. If I can make you know, a little bit more, 10% more doing the exact same job down the street. Oftentimes I'm tempted to do that. But I remind all employers and particularly in our industry, it is far more expensive to have to retrain somebody, well, recruit, first of all, and retrain somebody than it is just to invest in the people, the good performers that you have already. So go ahead and get yourself. There's a lot of companies out there. Um, there's a group we work with called Wage Watch that can tell you exactly what the wages are in your local area uh, for a particular job. Go ahead and get yourself to that 75th percentile so people that are working for you aren't leaving just become wage because of wages. And the second part is create that environment in your in, in your team. You know, it's often said that people don't leave jobs. They leave bosses. 
Well, don't be one of those bosses that people want to leave. Yeah. Be go back to servant leadership. Be that type of person that people want to work with, work for. And you'll be surprised to see how many people will, will stay on board. So the, the idea is to keep your good folks, keep them trained, keep them properly compensated, understand what's going on in their life so you can meet them halfway. I mean, people talk a lot about work-life balance. And sometimes as bosses, we just think about the work part of that. No, you need to think about the life part of that as well. Yeah. Make sure that folks are happy working in our industry, which we know they will be, um, and happy working for you if, you if you're the person in charge. That's 90% of the battle right there. Yeah. And then we talked about it earlier. We said make people feel good, not just only guests, make them feel wanted, welcome, warm, all those things. But your your staff, your team, that's really driving you. You can't be there 24 hours a day as a hotel owner or a manager. Right. So you're really relying on your entire team. And I love this concept where you can do ongoing training. You can do incentive programs. You can give them a pat on the back. Right. That doesn't happen a lot. Like you we work, 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 work. And then all of a sudden Christmas comes around or holiday comes around. And you're like, Oh, I should have thanked these guys. And now you're like, oh, we should have trained them too. And I've seen this in the past. And we used to make this mistake. We're having a Christmas party at two o'clock. Guess what? At one o'clock, we're going to do a customer service training. Or we're going to do a training. And nobody's in that mindset to really learn something. They're in the party mindset or the celebration mindset. And so, you know, ongoing coaching and training, all those things matter. And I love that you're saying that we need to you know, impact our, 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 our team because they're going to stay longer. Is that what you're saying? Just keep them trained? Not only are they going to stay longer, if they're properly trained, they're going to be more happy in their job. And that is going to reflect in the experience ultimately that the guest has as well. So I'm going to look at a, an experience that I had recently at a restaurant. I'll just tell you this. I went to a restaurant, had a great reputation. Um, we go in and the, the lady at the front, she was, she was terrible. I mean, just horrible. She was sitting there talking to um, and everybody could hear her talking to another one of the employees there about how, how rough things were and how she was just negative about everything. We then go in and sit down and the waiter was great. The food was outstanding. Um, we enjoyed the meal. But afterwards, the group we were in, we were all talking about the experience when we first walked in with that one person. Right. Yeah. And so her negativity changed what our entire experience was about. And if she had been happy and had a, a, a better personality and, 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 and was clearly liking her job, we would not have walked away with that negative experience from what was otherwise fantastic. And yeah. so, um, you know, it permeates all the way through everything that you're doing. When you're in the service industry, if you're not treating your team members well, they're not going to treat your guests well. So it has to start there. And but guess what? When they're happy and you can see it and they're treating your guests well, they're going to want to stay because they're having an enriching, enriched experience in their life. And people enjoy that. That's what they get up and come to work for. Listen, I'm, I'm going to ring the bell on that one. I ring the bell anytime <laughs> somebody offers some great advice. So listen, guys, what Chip's saying is just one person at your hotel can ruin the experience for a rewards member, a loyal guest, somebody that just started – picked you because they you know, thought they would give you a chance. That one employee, that one staff member can kill it for everything. So this is a good opportunity for us to train and make sure that everybody's happy when they're coming to work. And if they're not, uncover why they're not happy. There's something going on. And Chip, I, I, I actually explained this a, well, two weeks or three weeks ago now. We had a staff training and we trained about different topics, right? And then we talked about person, like, emotional like emotional um uh topics like we're all going through something right now like i'm going through something emotionally you're probably going through something emotionally right 
but we don't talk about these things connect, that can kind of connect our teams together. And opening up these discussions during trainings is a huge opportunity for us to kind of just come closer together as a team. Yeah, and that's tough because, you know, you, you start thinking, what is the line between when, when you talk about your workforce, how far can you go? But I have felt like that more people can connect um, with others on, again, that work-life balance, what's going on in, in their life, knowing what matters to your teammates. And I can promise you to most of them, what their job, it matters, but it's not the most important thing in their life. And you got to know what is the most important thing in their life. Um, so knowing those things, um, it, it really matters and it builds the environment that you've got to have. All right, good, good. I, I love that. We're all on the same. We're on the same page, Chip. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So next, we talk about short-term rentals, which has been a huge topic for years now, right? And it continues changing the dynamics of our industry, right? Uh, now with you know all the home rentals, and it just gets bigger and bigger, and, and these brands that are kind of getting into it. What do you recommend? And what are you guys fighting for? What are you guys advocating in this subject for? Well. Let me be real clear on this. We are against illegal short-term rentals. Um, okay. and the reason we're against illegal short-term rentals is because we have a wonderful industry that thrives when there is healthy, balanced competition. In other words, you become a, a better hotelier when the hotel across the street does a good job, right? It raises the bar for everybody. And so when there's that type of competition, whether it's in our industry or anything, let's say you're running track, you're going to be a better miler if you're competing against people that run the mile faster, right? And right. so, uh, but guess what? In track, you don't have one person running a mile and one person running um, 1,400 meters, which, by the way, the mile is right around 1,600 meters for those who, who don't know. But you don't have a race where one gets to run 1,400 meters, one gets to run 1,600 meters. Everybody has to run 1,600 meters. Everybody is on the same oval. There's no hills. Everybody's doing the same thing. It's The industry is really that same way. You've got to have the same rules, and you'd like to have as few regulations as possible, as few taxes as possible, but they've got to apply equally to all. And I remind policymakers that you know, we represent the entire industry. And so I've never gone to a policymaker and said, you know what, I want you to do this to favor Hilton because it will hurt Marriott or hurt G6 or hurt any. We, no one does that, right? Yeah. Because we all know we're together, we're united, we play on the same level playing field and we compete. Now along comes short-term rentals and they are offering a product that directly competes, but they're playing by a different rule. And so we're having to run the full 1600 meters and they're running 1400 meters and looking at us and saying, well, why can't you do what we're doing? And we're like, because you're playing by a different set of rules. And so we tell policymakers all the time is look, we'll compete all day long. This is not about competition only with respect to competition being equally applied to all. So what we've seen with illegal short-term rentals is a changing of the scope of our industry. So when we think about lodging, Lodging is designated uh, in certain areas. You have zoning uh, in, in every, virtually every city in America. And you have lodging here when it's in, in a place that it needs to be. You have residential housing somewhere else. And oftentimes the, the, the two don't mix. But what we've seen with these illegal short-term rentals is they will come in and change the entire nature of a neighborhood. So you will have party houses. And we've seen the stories recently of the shootings and the problems associated with this. And it is because they are ignoring local zoning laws. If an area is zoned residential, then the folks in that community have invested in their home. They expect to have a residential neighborhood. They want to know who their neighbors are. They don't want a, a different neighbor every day. They don't want a party house next door. And we're saying exactly right. Let's respect zoning. Let's respect the wishes of the property owners. Um, hospitality has its place. And where it has its place, let's all compete on the even playing field. 
Right, right. So short-term rentals, uh, just anybody that's not paying the, the taxes that are due. I mean, we're, we're all paying, you know, a big percentage just on hospitality tax, the bed tax that we're paying. Um, they should be, they should be paying those taxes too, right? Absolutely. And sometimes they'll, uh, they'll, they'll suggest that they'll pay those taxes, which they may pay some of them, but they're not certainly not going to pay all, all of them. But we, we just heard a story from, um, one of our members who has a property in downtown Denver. Now he's got a hotel in downtown Denver and right next door to it is an apartment building. Now, his hotel, of course, is a commercial building. And for property taxes, it's taxed at the commercial level. The, the uh, apartment building next door is a residential building. And for property taxes, it's taxed at a residential rate. The difference between those two rates, commercial um, rate is seven times higher than the residential rate. Right. Now, the theory is, as well, that's a business and that's not a business. But here's what's happened inside of that apartment building. One of the short-term rental companies has come in and they've purchased a number of floors, including all the units on those floors, and they've turned that into a hotel, but they're still being taxed at the residential rate. So essentially you have a hotel here being taxed seven times more than what effectively is the hotel next door. That's not fair. That's not fair competition. And so, yeah, there's a reason to correct that. And that's why we go to lawmakers and say, look, again, we have no problem competing, but let's make sure that the competition is fair. Right, right. That's a, that's seven times as huge. Yeah, because right. you know these property taxes can be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and I don't know about your city. Where all right, Chip, where are you? Are you in Washington D.C. right now? Washington D.C. If you look behind you? me right here, you can see the all the wonderful stuff in D.C. Oh, my, listen, our family loves D.C. I got to come. We got to meet up when I'm there in D.C. Uh, but always welcome. Listen, so we're every city right now is all these apartments are popping up all over the place. And so you're saying these companies are coming in and taking a percentage of, they could be taking a percentage of these apartments and kind of converting them into day rentals. You've got apartments, you've got uh, condominium buildings. Um, a lot of it of course has happened at the urban setting, but even the suburban setting as well. Um, but yeah, they're coming in and, and that is the new model because they can make a lot more renting that out on a daily basis, as opposed to a long-term renter. I was just with someone yesterday who has some rental property just here outside of dc and um she one of her properties came up for rent it was two thousand dollars a month and of course she was looking for a long-term renter a, a minimum of a year lease she said she'd been contacted by no less than four of these companies saying listen we'll pay you twenty five hundred dollars per month you're only asking two thousand we'll pay you twenty five hundred per month if you allow us to run it and bring in short-term rentals, which is on a daily, two, two days, three-day basis. Now, she turned them down because she knew that what that would do to all the neighbors around her. She knew that what that would ultimately do to the property. But that's what's happening. And if you're in a pinch and someone's offering you 25% more than what you're even asking for, a lot of people will, will fall prey to this and, and, and they'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I could see that happening. And that's kind of scary in our situation yeah. where we're over here trying to bust our butts and, and trying to save on all these different things. And all of a sudden, all that just gets washed away with just one one small deal or a bunch of deals like that, you know? Yeah, and it's happening. And, and because the economy is so good, because our industry is, is so healthy right now, I think it's in a way it's masking this underlying problem. And when we hit the downturn that will eventually come, you're going to see this problem um, in a much larger way. Right. All right. So let's talk about the downturn. I, I love that. I like that you brought that up because... Hotels think it's going to continue doing the high occupancy, high ADR, high RFR um, for the next 10 years. Is that what's going on? What do you hear? What are you seeing? What are people telling you? 
tell us about the industry and what, what's happening to it. Right, I'll put this uh, as I as I love to do in a sports analogy. Um, if you are a New England Patriot fan, at some time this will end, right? You can't always be the best. Uh, go back to the 1990s where the Yankees, I think, won four or five World Series during that one decade. And then they haven't won one in, in quite some time. You know, even when you think you're on top and it's never going to change, it will eventually change. And that change. And that's where we are in the industry right now. We're on the longest expansion that this industry has ever seen. And to build upon that, to invest, and we're always investing. I mean, whether it's human resources, whether it's actual financial resources, we're always investing in the future. And if your investments right now are built on the idea that this expansion will continue forever, you've probably... Uh, you, you need to go back and, and relook at that. You need to think about where are we in the line of this expansion. Now, yeah, it can continue to go up because the fundamentals are there. We've got a, a much better tax system than we had. Uh, people are traveling more than ever. We talked about the, the, the experiences that people want. The cost of travel um, has been held down because uh, energy costs are, are relatively low. I just filled up a, a rental car I was in yesterday. Uh, where was I? I was in Georgia, actually, yesterday in, in South Georgia. Filled up my rental car for $2.34 a gallon, right? The cost of travel is relatively low. So those things are good, and that can lead towards uh, expanding this. But as you know, because you're running businesses every day, cost of labor has gone through the roof because there's a scarcity of labor. The cost of materials has gone through the roof. The process for permitting and building and constructing a hotel has extended from about nine to 10 months, which we saw years ago. Now you're looking at 16, 17 months. And there's a cost of capital associated with that because you borrow that money and you've got no revenue coming in. Yeah. So all of these costs are, are, are going up, which means that if you're going to keep up with those costs, you've got to raise rates. Right. And if rates get too high, as you know, in any economy, if rates get too high, then that's going to impact occupancy at some point. So we see that probably coming. Uh, it might not happen in the next 12 months, but it'll certainly happen. I think the chances of those things happening within the next 24 months are pretty good. Right. I see a lot of pockets across the United States where owners are seeing a down, uh, a down number. You know, they're seeing a negative number compared to last year and the years past. So we have to be ready. We have to make sure that all of things, all these things we talked about, we're supporting and we're kind of watching out for, because if not, it's going to continue cutting into your bottom line, which is scary because we don't know what's going to happen, right? We don't know what's going to happen with the election. We don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of years. And we just have to be ready. So um, we, we better be ready, right? <laughs> yeah, you, 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 and you know, you mentioned about the things that the, the cost that you have, and I would would remind folks that one of the biggest single costs they have in any business is taxation. So it's important when we think about elections, like who gets elected, what is their platform? And this is not a Democrat Republican thing. Um, go elect people. I always tell people if you're a business owner, elect other business owners. I mean, almost forget the party, uh, uh, the party platform, and say. I want someone who understands what it means to run a business because ultimately that's going to impact me. We see a lot of folks getting elected right now who never run a business. They've never been even in control of any portion of a business. And they really don't even understand the basic economics around running a business, which is critical to making sure that people get paid, right? That right. your employees ha ha continue to feed their families. Um, so these things are very important. And as we look to the next set of elections, um, you know, vote. I'm not telling anyone how to vote. I'll never tell them. But I will suggest look into the backgrounds and find people that understand your life and your business. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good. So, you know, the the um, American Hotel Lodging Association, 
you guys have a promise. You have a five-star promise uh, that I've read on your website. Can we kind of quickly go through that and kind of share what you guys are doing for the industry and, and how you guys back it up with this five-point promise? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. This is really important. We just went past our, our one year anniversary and we have some great news on that. But, but first, I'll explain what it is. Um, much like we're doing with the human trafficking campaign, where we want to stop human trafficking, we also want to make sure that anyone that works in our industry um, can feel safe working in our industry. Right. There should be no harassment in the hospitality industry at all. Yeah. And so we started this five star promise. And we said, look, there should be things that you as an employer in the hotel industry should do. You should have a policy against sexual harassment. You should have training against sexual harassment. You should have um, the technology to provide for your employees. So if they feel threatened, if they feel in danger, if they feel harassed, they can contact someone immediately. Now, those can range from a, 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 a little handheld device that makes a large noise. Mm -hmm. very loud noise, or it could be something that has GPS tracking on it. It could be something that um, will identify where that person is and contacts local authorities, contacts the person at the front desk, but they should have that technology with them. So we started off a year ago and we had about 17 companies that pledged, all right, we're going to be part of this promise. That has now um, has risen dramatically, I believe, to 58 properties or 58 companies that have that have signed on with the pledge. And we're talking about major hotel chains that are saying, we're going to do this. We're going to make sure that we have the policies in place. We're going to make sure we have the training in place. We're going to make sure that our employees have those safety, personal safety devices so that everybody in the industry feels that they are safe. The good news is, is we have not heard a lot of stories this year about people that are feeling unsafe or people that are getting attacked or harassed. And that's the good news. But you know, we can't just stop with fewer our goal is to make sure that no one gets harassed and no one gets attacked and that everyone feels safe. And we believe that those companies signing on to this five-star promise and executing it will create a work environment that is good for every hotel employee. Right. I like that because, you know, I think about six months ago at, at one of my properties, we had this issue where one of our employees almost got attacked. And, you know, I'm glad that we're bringing this this topic on and, and bring, putting some standards into place because, um, thankfully she was okay, but you never know, you know, we, we have transient guests that stay at our hotel every day and all of us do, and we don't know what their condition is and we don't know if, it, if they have a mental condition or whatever. So we need to watch out for the best interest of our staff, our property, all of those things. And, and I like that you're doing safety, uh, as a key topic as, as one of your promises. Well, safety for our employees is safety for our guests. I mean, if you think about the hospitality industry, I mean, the, the basic core of being hospitable is creating a safe environment for whoever it is, right? And so um, whether, again, guests or staff members, they should feel safe. They, we want this to be a warm, welcoming place. And we want that experience, as I talked about at the beginning, to be a very positive one because that just leads to more travel. Right, right. All right, what's the, what are the other... Um what are the other five points or what are the other points that you're talking about within the promise? Well, we, we covered the first four, you know, creating that environment, creating those policies, creating the training, creating the devices. And the last one is to make sure that you're working with those groups that help victims, right? There are a lot of organizations out there that are going to help folks who have unfortunately uh, become a victim to, to, to these type of activities. And you just can't wash your hands of it and say, well, it happened, let's move on. No, these people need resources to help them move past this. Um, and that is important. That is something that we owe to anyone who works for us. So we encourage all of these organizations to also be working with folks out there that know how to handle this. Because 
the hotel industry is not going to be the experts on how to handle someone who is a victim of sexual harassment. But there are groups that do that, and we need to partner with them. Good, good. Well, Chip, this is this has been awesome. We've been talking for 51 minutes and, you know, we have a bunch of people on. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you like this conversation, hit the like button. All right. So, Chip, can you, can you tell us how people, hotels that are not involved in the American Hotel Logic Association, be involved and how do they go uh, be involved locally and then nationally? Well, the, the good thing is, is that it's easy. We've made it very easy. Of course, you can go to our website and, and you can join that way. You can see all that we're doing. But I remind people that the things that we're working on benefit every hotelier, which is why we need every hotelier involved. You know, when we go in and sit down with a member of Congress and we talk about the hotels that are in his or her district, and we talk about the employees that are in his or her district, um, we need those folks to be engaged, right? We need those folks to understand that they can have an impact on their elected officials and they can become a resource to those elected officials, but we need everybody involved, right? We can't just have four or five companies paying the freight for everybody else. It's not the way it works and it doesn't, it, it's not as effective. So we encourage everyone to get involved, obviously what we're doing through HNLA, but even at the state level uh, in, in Florida, for example, um, we're great partners with the Florida Restaurant Lodging Association. Carol Dover and her team do an amazing job protecting the industry right there in the state of Florida. So we're doing it on a national level. We partner with your state associations. Um, there are even city associations. Um, you have one in Orlando that works very well for, for the hotels in, in Orlando. Um, so get involved, get educated, and then take action. I know it's a it, it's kind of almost a worn out phrase, but it works. Get involved, take you know, get educated and take the action. And when you do, you will become that army that we need to protect our industry. Because when we think about the things that are impacting our industry, it's not as if we can just wish them away, right? There has to be a strategy. There's got to be execution. We've got to inform people of our positions. And when we do that, good things happen. When we just sit back as an industry and say, well, I hope for the best. Well, hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a plan, right? Hope is just hope. And we've got to have more than that. Right. Absolutely. So if you're a GM or an owner that is or even, even line-level employee, can anybody get involved? Anybody can get involved, yeah, yeah. The resources that we have are available for everyone. And if you don't see something on our website that you that you need, you can just reach out to us, right? Um, we have a whole team here who works on helping folks who need help in our industry. So don't think you're alone. We can usually find the resources, whether they're here on a national scale or whether they're at the local level, we'll have those resources and we'll help you out. Yeah, absolutely. So if, it, if it's, you know, taxes, if it's any kind of major issue or even minor, hey, and if you don't know where to go, reach out to Chipsa organization because they can lead you to the right direction. They have the right contacts. They know people within the government. So, all right, so you're in D.C. What do you actually do in D.C.? You know, <laughs> I, I hear the advocacy. I hear the support. But what do you actually do in D.C.? Well, uh, sadly, I haven't been in D.C. that much recently. I've been traveling <laughs> to a lot of places. Uh dealing with all sorts of issues. Sure. But so if you, we're obviously based here because this is where the, the, the federal government is based. So sure. our team works with elected officials here every single day. You know, one of the issues we're working on, we mentioned a moment ago, uh, short-term rentals. Another issue that we didn't mention was right now, Congress is looking to reauthorize what's known as Brand USA. And Brand USA is the marketing arm uh, for the United States to the rest of the world. So Brand USA started uh, five years ago. It's at the point now it has to be reauthorized. And that reauthorization is going to have to pass through Congress. If it doesn't pass, it goes away. And what does that mean for your hotel? You might be saying, well, that's not going to matter. If you tell me that you want no international travelers to ever come to your hotel, well, okay, it may not matter to you, right? 
We understand that the international travelers coming to the U.S. spend enormous amounts of money. They stay here on average, you know, well over a week, spending thousands of dollars. We want those folks to come into come into the U.S. And what has happened is that and this is a long-term trend going back to um, in the early 2000s. The U.S. has began begun losing its market share. So people around the world are traveling more than ever before, but a fewer percentage of those people are coming to the U.S. And so Brand USA was a response to that to say, let's market the U.S. to the rest of the world. Let's tell them how wonderful it is to travel here. It has worked when we have the resources to do it. Now, I want to be real clear. Brand USA uses no taxpayer money whatsoever. In fact, the travelers themselves pay an additional fee when they come to the U.S. And when we market back to the rest of the world. Those fees are matched by private industry. So none of this is taxpayer dollars, but it is marketing to the world to have people come to the U.S. A good example, as you know, of Visit Florida. Visit Florida has been a smashing success. Over 120 million visitors to Florida in 2018. That's at an all-time record. How much money did those people spend? How much came to your hotel? Well, Brand USA does the same thing for the entire United States. Awesome, awesome. I didn't know that. So, um, so we need to support that. We need to get behind that on a local level and a national level. Absolutely, yeah. So, call your member of Congress. Tell them support Brand USA because the authorization is up. If it doesn't get authorized in 2020, it goes away. It'll probably never come back again. What's the date? What's the deadline? Well, it's, it'll be by the end of 2020, or actually, it's by the end of the the, the fiscal year in, in Congress. So, it'll be by uh, September of 2020. But so, but the problem is, is that. The folks that help pay for this, the private industry, because they're half of the uh, of the model here, they're already creating their budgets for 2020, or they've already created their budget. If, if the program's not around anymore, they're not going to know what to invest into it. Right, right. And I see a lot of GMs come to DC and support you guys. How do people do that? So we have a big annual event. It's usually in the early fall every year um, called Legislative Action Summit, ourselves and a HOA partner, and bring folks to the to the uh, nation's capital, get involved, whether it's through us or or through AHOA, and make sure that you come to the capital. We'll train you, we'll feed you, we'll set you up with all of your appointments. You don't have to do anything, but show up and go talk to your members of Congress. And I can't over, I can't overplay just how important this is. Um, having folks building those relationships with their member of Congress, telling our story, which is the hospitality lodging story, is critical to making sure that they understand how important Brand USA is. They understand how important things like illegal short-term rentals are. They understand how important taxation is. When they hear the story from us, we've got a much better chance of convincing them of the right thing to do. Chip, it's been well, almost, January's coming up. It's one year anniversary for you being at the AAN LA. Um, how's it feel? Oh, great. I am uh, I'm blessed. I get to work with uh, what I think is the best team in Washington, D.C., best team in the country. And uh, it makes me look better than I am. Um, but they um, come to work every day with a mission in mind, and that is to help represent this incredible industry. And when you have that type of love for our industry and you have that type of dedication, it's amazing what you can accomplish. I see that happen every single day, not just here in D.C., but across the country. Um, and it makes you feel good. It makes you get up in the morning and think about what can I accomplish today? Not what time do I have to go to work? Not what time do I leave work? But what do I get to accomplish today? And, uh, and that's a good feeling. Yeah, it's that fulfillment in, in all of us that kind of keeps you going. And I love that you have that in you and you have the passion in you, which is, which is, you know, gives everybody energy. And so, Chip, I appreciate you just being here and, and sharing your ideas and, and sharing your leadership because that's what sometimes we need. And actually, not sometimes, we always need leadership and, and kind of just keeping us going and supporting us and 
telling us what to do sometimes because you know even as as i always say most people in life are are, are followers do you believe that uh, most people are look well. I think it's it depends on where you are in your life. You you lead on certain things, you follow on other things, right? Um, right. So uh, when it comes to the latest technologies, I'm following my kids, listening <laughs> 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 what they have to say. Uh, but in other areas, I lead, and so I think it, it depends on where you are. But I, you know, you, you mentioned leadership. I, I watch all your LinkedIn stuff, um, and so I appreciate what you do because your efforts to raise the level of hospitality at its core meaning amongst our industry um, is paying off in a big way. I mean, the hotels that you're working with to create that environment that we talked about at the beginning of this interview yeah. uh, is critically important. Yeah. You know, I love this. I'm passionate about it and I see that. So um, and that you're passionate about it. So Chip, I really appreciate it. Where can people get in touch with you uh, through LinkedIn or, or what? Oh, you have Certainly do LinkedIn. Uh, I, I, I was proud that a few months ago I went past the 10,000 mark, so I'm very happy on LinkedIn. Um, but uh, but you can also just go to our website, ahla.com, and uh, all the information pertaining to what we do every day is on the website. And you Mr. see it right there. Right, Mr. William Chip Rogers. It's It still sounds like a superhero to me. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. It's an honor to have you on, and uh, thank you so much. Okay, thanks. Glad to be with you. All right, thanks. I'll see you soon. Yep. All right, bye. Hey guys, what did you think about this? Now Chip has enormous amount of energy, right? Because he's traveling all over the United States and talking to hoteliers, talking to the industry, and really getting us to the next level as far as you know different political issues. Um, we talked all about everything, right? Uh, what did you think about this? Hit the like button. Let us know how uh, how you like this episode and did it help you understand a part of the industry that sometimes you don't hear about, right? get involved, um, get on the website, right? It's powerful when you can be a part of something bigger than just what you're doing locally um, and get involved, like you said, with your local government because that could help you too. Guys, this has been a pleasure. I'm going to be doing this every week. I want to thank our sponsor, Travel Media Group. If you need anything uh, that has to do with social media, reputation management, hit up Travel Media Group. Actually, go to, the, go to my special link. It's travelmediagroup.com forward slash R-U-P-E-S-H and um, hit them up and they'll help you out with social media, reputation management, a bunch of things, website. So I want to thank them. If you love this, please hit the share button, hit the like button, and uh, I will see you next week. And guys, even through Christmas Day falls on a Wednesday, I think I'm still going to do a quick mini LinkedIn live. What do you think? Should I do a LinkedIn live Christmas morning? Even if one person's on, I'm okay with that. Uh, thank you so much for supporting this. And we're going to continue doing this in 2020. Uh, I'm going to bring on some superstars. I already have some people lined up that you're going to love. That's going to bring a lot of value to you. And really my goal with this is to really grow your leadership, your career in hospitality, and just show you an idea that maybe you Maybe you're in this bubble at your hotel and you kind of need some inspiration, some ideas, uh, some strategies that can uh, take you to the next level, especially as we're talking about the economy coming down, right? Uh, let's talk next week. I'll see you then. Bye.